Welcome to the Activate Your Audience podcast. I'm your host, Luis Felipe Giraldo. Here, you'll find a range of episodes discussing all aspects of brand activation, the latest industry trends, market insights, and case studies. We will delve into topics such as experience design, experiential marketing, brand communication, brand campaigns, public relations, content creation, business operations, and a dash of philosophy, all with the goal of helping you increase brand awareness, inspiring you to succeed, achieve your goals, and drive customer engagement. Tune in to learn from the experts and get the secrets to activate your audience. Subscribe to stay up to date on new episodes and join the conversation on Instagram at the Imperial. Let's activate your audience. Welcome to the Activate Your Audience podcast. I'm your host, Luis Felipe Giraldo. Here, you'll find a range of episodes discussing all aspects of brand activation, the latest industry trends, market insights, and case studies. We will delve into topics such as experience design, experiential marketing, brand communication, brand campaigns, public relations, content creation, business operations, and a dash of philosophy, all with the goal of helping you increase brand awareness, inspiring you to succeed, achieve your goals, and drive customer engagement. Tune in to learn from the experts and get the secrets to activate your audience. Subscribe to stay up to date on new episodes and join the conversation on Instagram at The Imperial. Let's activate your audience. All right. So I'm very excited for today's guest. Today we welcome Dee Murthy. Dee is a great inspiration. He is also the co-founder of 5-4 Group and Young and Reckless. He's a serial entrepreneur of various apparel brands under that house. He is a veteran in the fashion industry and is a business-savvy leader, has now started Ghost. Ghost helps fashion brands and retailers monetize their excess inventory with private marketplaces where they can buy, sell, and dynamically price products. He is also part of the world-famous group chat pod and inspiring, again, tons of entrepreneurs and, and want to be podcasters like myself. So welcome to the Activate Your Audience podcast, D. Awesome. Thank you, brother. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. So we'll jump right into it. As mentioned, our show focuses on how we can increase brand awareness, drive consumer engagement. So I want to talk to you more about operations and strategy side of things. So what would you say maybe your initial approach was in business to strategy and managing operations? And what have you learned now, you know, as a more seasoned entrepreneur in that in that realm? Yeah, I think the biggest thing I learned specifically being in apparel and retail was that if I hadn't done that part of the business or that part of the industry, it was very hard for me to hire and manage toward that. So when we started our business, like any founder of any business, you kind of do everything. I think that's very, very important in the early days right. is that you try to minimize what you outsource and you actually just do the damn work. Mm -hmm. Because if you do the work, what you quickly realize is one, you'll know how to hire for that position. You'll, have to man you'll know how to manage that position. And then you know how to set expectations because you did it. Like I used to pack all the orders myself. Yeah. I used to pick up the orders from the warehouse. I used to take it to the you know shipping carrier. I went to China 50 times to learn how to manufacture product. I helped with clearing customs and bank accounts and design, you know, everything. Yeah. You just did everything. And I, I think if you don't do everything, it's really, really hard to understand how to manage it. Yeah. That makes sense. And with where you're at now, 
I mean, even with Ghost or maybe kind of a two-part question, halfway through the journey maybe, or even now with where you're at, what do you find maybe as leverage points from that learning that help you either outsource better or, you know, find nuance within that? Because I know there's certain areas that either we're uniquely good at or maybe we get energized by it. So even though we could outsource it, you know, it's something like maybe networking for you or anything of that sort. Yeah, look, when I said you have to do everything, I think you have to do everything so that you understand what you're good at what you're weak at and then more importantly just understand what the process looks like so like if you're not your strengths not accounting i'm not suggesting you should do accounting but you as a founder or a leader in an organization should inherently understand accounting because if you don't you're going to end up running into those roadblocks sometime down the road so it is important that you expose yourself to everything and then you learn what are you good at what are you weak at and then find people or our contractors or whatever it is to help outsource those needs. Gotcha. And I mean, how would you say now founders organizations or any leader trying to work effectively, how would you suggest or what has been your learnings in managing a team that is, you know, lean? So a couple steps down the road when you've had your first couple of hires, were there any big takeaways, any big hacks, anything that helped with kind of managing a lean operation? Yeah, look, I think you really can never ever truly look away. I think the the the, the size of the organization and, and the maturity of your business will, will will determine how hands off that you'll get to be. But I I think at the peak 54 was 150 people. Oh wow. And I was pretty still heavily involved in a lot of the decisions and processes. And the moment that I wasn't shit got hard. Yeah. It got ugly. And so I would say in hindsight, whether you're three people or 300 people, you really have to stay on top of your organization and set the structure and like, what are those KPIs and OKRs that you can hold your leadership and your team accountable for so that you are in a place of accountability? Because even with three people, you have to hold those three people accountable. Like. Right. And you have to check in with them. Are they making progress? Are they evolving? Like I'm not I'm not in favor of just micromanaging everything and everybody, but you do have to stay on top of people. That makes sense. And with with that, like how can you and even in in today's day and age where folks, especially if you're grooming younger talent, how do you work with the scaling process of some of that talent, right? So if we want to say reach 10 million, right? From some from 5 million and scale on up or at any point. We know that oftentimes the people that we start aren't always the people that will be, you know, along with the journey. Do you now focus more on kind of longevity? Obviously there's a lot of aspects you can't control, but is there any any tips on just either how to cultivate culture in and of itself, how to cultivate talent? Or is it just like, you know what, we get what we get as far as talent and they're here for the run which doesn't seem, obviously it depends on the business, but it doesn't seem like something that is as sustainable as like say cultivating good talent. And also to add to that, like how then do you groom that within yourself, right? Because it has to be, especially as a leader, a reflection of that. Yeah, look, I think there are a lot of people in your organizations that are incredible from zero to one. Some will evolve with you that will get to go from one to two. And then then... A lot of there's a lot of people that you're going to have to hire along the way that have been through that process. So 
when you're a scrappy startup, there are certain personalities you look for, certain characteristics you look for. And then when you're scaling, that's a different characteristic you look for because now there's team members and now there's accountability and now there's HR and, you know, a CFO maybe. Like, so some of the people in your organization will evolve and be along for the ride. And then right. some you'll, you honestly just have to replace that. And it's nothing against their ability. It's just their ability and where you are at as a business may not be the right fit. Is there industries that you see are better served for one or the other? Or do you think it just matters on the company and leadership? Yeah, look, I think accounting gets more sophisticated as you get bigger. So right. that's a area where you want true experienced people if you're going from five to 10 or 10 to $20 million in revenue. It's like different accounting needs. You might want a banking relationship. You might want to get some debt. You may want to have to do an audit. You, you may want to go raise money, whatever. You need more buttoned up accounting at that point. Operations get more complex and thinking about so many elements of the business that where you could be losing money, saving money. So you need people that have been around the block that can help you on those types of things. So I think like it, 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 if you really looked around the, the divisions of a business, you could argue all of it at some point. Yeah. Okay. Now let's talk about maybe the state of, of the entrepreneurial landscape. Are there any notable strategies that you've seen firms adopt, which have proven successful or particularly suited for our present culture, be it socially, economically, or technologically, you know, speaking? Yeah, so I think the the big takeaways are that being an entrepreneur today is easier than ever, right? Like anyone can be an entrepreneur, which is awesome. Right. But that also means that everyone can be an entrepreneur, right. which is not awesome. So you're competing with millions and millions and millions of people. So the access to information has democratized most opportunities, but that means you have to find like your alpha on why you are going to stand out above the millions of other people attacking the same idea, the same industry, whatever it may be. And even when you think you're the only one doing something, there's, trust me, there's like a hundred or a thousand, even when you think you're the only player in the, in town. So I think that the key things to take away is like sit down and objectively look at what you're doing and and use the information that's available to you and actually think if you were to do like a matrix that makes you different, what are those characteristics that make you different? And then spend your time on those things. So if, it, if it's a product, is it you are doing something that no one else has done before? Do you have a feature or a function? Is it price? Is it distribution? What is it that make you special? Because once you start looking at things very objectively, very few products check all those boxes. So then you're in for like a a long kind of fight from a marketing angle right. to get acceptance in whatever category you're selling. So I think people rush into things because they're passionate and excited about it, which is awesome. But that may not necessarily be the best business decision. So kind of like being... Again, niching in a certain area, depending on where we're at. So one example would be if we're, you know, in the, the realm of AI right now, sitting yeah. down, understanding the tools, figuring out how maybe, you know, it could help with a lot of processes or setup, 
Are there any other areas currently, any specific things that come to mind that, again, as examples are ways that we could say, oh, if you're in the fashion industry, like for you, right, that was a niche yeah. vertical, right? You understood yeah. what happened after COVID with supply chain. Any other case studies of that that kind of paint that picture? Yeah, I think, you know, when you reference the AI thing, look, AI is coming, it's here, but it hasn't been applied to basically anything yet, right? So the opportunity is, is if everyone is focusing on like the sexy stuff, then you focus on an industry that no one's paying attention to. Like, how do you bring AI into booking a plumber? Mm -hmm. Right? All venture people are going to stick their nose down at shit like that. But that's the opportunity. Roofing, plumbing, and how does AI affect those businesses? If you're going to fashion, go with the hyper-focused group of people you're targeting. Like, there's a really great brand called Hypeland. It's a streetwear brand. Okay. Nothing. There's nothing novelty about doing a streetwear brand. But he created a streetwear brand for people interested in anime. Okay. And he found this incredible group of... And it's very niche, right? It's not yeah. America. But the brand got so popular within anime that now non-anime people wear it. Like if you think of the origins of Nike and Under Armour... Nike was meant for runners. Right. Who who runs a Nike now? Nobody. Like that's not even the running brand of choice. And so it's just you have to start with a niche and then expand from that. That makes total sense. And how would you say maybe are again some of the the best practices more from a personal perspective for you to live a more fully engaged and productive life. So previously you mentioned, you know, with Run Club, it's kind of a way to kill two birds with one stone, be social and that always be about drinking, but also have, you know, a lot of the things that you're going to be naturally doing. Are there any other personal hacks or techniques that contribute to your well-being to just be a better, wiser, kinder human entrepreneur or leader? Yeah, I think, you know, I wish they taught this when I was in school, but probably one of the most important characteristics that a human being should have is self-awareness. Mm. And I think if you can truly objectively look at the way how you talk to people, treat people, and understand how that makes people feel, you'll I think you'll operate in a in a much more likable manner in all aspects of your life. Because there are people that are extremely successful business people, entrepreneurs, and then they struggle in their personal life because the way you operate in business and maybe with your your significant other is not the same way. You don't right. treat your wife or husband the same way you treat your business partner. It's yeah. just a different dynamic and relationship. And I often see that people want to apply all these things in their life the same way. And I think you have to be self-aware that it's very different expectations, very different experience. And I, I think like if you can understand how it, how words make other people feel, then I think you'll be more careful with them. That's a big one. I mean, we saw a lot of, you know, especially from the streetwear side, I, I started in that world, you know, in, in retail and just the culture, right, of, of what was, you know, trolling and street culture, a lot of it coming from wherever it came from as far as backgrounds, history, but then it turned into this 
kind of melting pot of assholes in a lot of ways. So then when the pandemic hit, you saw all the looting and all the craziness. And I think it was Bobby Hundreds, right, that made like a pretty powerful post. I'm like, well, what, what do we expect, right? And in a lot of ways of this is what we tell people are the ultimate things, you know, get the Roly and the Supreme and all of these things. What do you think people are going to do? And as we graduate as consumers or as entrepreneurs, as people in today's culture, you know, you're, you're clickbaity and again, not to knock anybody's hustle, but like your, you know, your whole OnlyFans models and all these things that are business models that are sometimes of the time that let people get too far into like, you know, I'm the best at this, or as we've seen it happen, you know, with venture and tech, all oh, because I'm just the brightest guy. Or, and it's it's very interesting. I think you say that, as you mentioned, and like having that self awareness sometimes either comes from getting you know knocked out, like having something sideswipe you and wake you up to it, or making everything that you wish happen happen, have success, and then find that emptiness of like, well, you know, what was it all for if there weren't sustainable relationships and a soul intact? I mean, for me, it's like, say, if you meditate and journal, that's one way, I guess, to cultivate that. How would you maybe suggest other ways to cultivate self-awareness or to just balance that ambition and hunger, you know, that, again, I'm an immigrant. A lot of us that came up kind of trying to chase this dream can also steer and overcorrect in either direction. So as we evolve in our journey, how do you manage that humility and that connection to people that is sometimes, again, because of the worlds we play in, you can't always be nice and respectful, even though you need to, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of nuance there that can shift, you know, personality if, if you're not intentional about it. Yeah. I, I, look, I think, I think you can be nice and respectful. I mean, I came up in streetwear in a very different way. Like I was always the nice guy. I always played with everybody in the sandbox and never really w had any intention of, you know, cool guying anyone. You can argue maybe I didn't have the coolest brands because of that, but that work has worked in my favor. I think the easiest way to know if you have that, you know, if you are in touch with people and people respect and like you, is just look around. Who are your friends? Can you walk into the room and people connect with you? And that will really tell you because like a lot of people who think they're like, you know, the sharks of the industry can't get anyone on the phone, you know, can't get into the room. If you can't get anyone on the phone, you can't get in the room, then you're fucking nobody. And so you could think whatever you are in your head, but like, it does really matter if people like you, like relationships and trust is like the biggest thing in business that people don't appreciate. You could be so talented and so smart, but if people don't like you, you're toast. And so the balance really comes from go put, when you're a young person, go out and put yourself in front of as many people as possible, all walks of life, and become friends with everybody. Th that's your test. Can you go do that? Because if you do that, then you'll be able to get in any room whenever you need to. That won't be a problem. But like, if you're unable to do that because you have some personality flaw, then that's where you should be spending your time and working. And getting over those issues. That makes sense. And not to mention that a lot of the times that what we see highlighted, as you mentioned, these sharks, it's just a magnifying glass on what will get the algorithm going. It's not necessarily reality, right? So for younger people, they need to understand, we, we need to remember what we see is not always the reality and it, it will come back to haunt you. So yeah, all that is point. bullshit. Trust me, the richest people aren't posting. 
Why yeah. would you post if you have money? It's so stupid to get the affirmation of who? Yeah. Kids? Other people below you, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Trust me, they, they are sharing their pictures to their six friends. And that's all they care about. They're looking for validation from them. They're not looking for validation for out. If, if you're one of those people, like then you're doing it for business reasons, right? You're not doing it for any other reason than that. Like, sure, there's very successful people that share their wealth, but that's because it's part of their business. It's their personality. Maybe they're an artist or creative or something that like it helps people create that image of themselves. But the vast majority of the most successful people you and I know or don't know aren't talking. About. That makes sense. So we'll, we'll wrap with that. I'm going to make a quick kind of overview of everything. You tie in anything else that... So the first kind of understand the process when we begin knowing that we need to be dangerous or knowledgeable enough to be dangerous to mm -hmm. either outsource or to comprehend what's going on within our business. Second takeaway is finding characteristics to scale. So kind of working within areas that will, you know, bring you to somewhere where you can find some moats and, and have a niche, right? As they say, the... the Riches are in the niches. And next is in tow with that is just kind of as entrepreneur finding your alpha, right? So making again, an area where you can be unique at, at an angle from. And then lastly, the self-awareness bit. I think that's huge. You know, all of this won't matter if you don't have this sort of tie-in, have the trust, the relationships, and also recognizing the game that is out there. Everything that we look at is smoke and mirrors. It's marketing. It's, it's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It just is. The more we are aware of that, the more that we are self-aware, the better we can be as leaders, as individuals, and to the people that we want to partner, work with, and serve. Yeah, I, I think that's right. When it comes down to it, it's very simple. Like, work hard, be kind to people, enjoy your life, mind your own business, and you'll, you will have a successful life. Successful life is not just having fancy things. Yeah. And ask anybody, right, who has it all and they're still looking for it. We know this, but yet yeah. we we search for it. Thank you so much, T. So where can people learn more about or support, you know, check out what you got going on today? Yeah. The best would be the podcast group chat. It's available, Spotify, YouTube, Apple, all those places. And then on social media, on all the platforms is at. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, brother. I appreciate your time. The bite-sized nuggets of wisdom. As mentioned, you've been a mentor from afar. So thank you so much for sharing, for opening doors, not just in knowledge, but, you know, in the communities that you build and in the, the generosity that you provide to help people from, again, all walks of life, not only play within that, but also offer their peace. So really salute you for that and hope to catch up soon again, brother. Thank you, man. All right, man.